Please pray with me. Lord God, you are close. Lord, you are here with us now, and we pray that you would speak to our hearts, that you would preach, Lord, the message that we must hear, Lord, and that you would transform us by the power of your grace. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! So good to see you all. Happy Advent. I love Advent. It's one of my favorite seasons because it's so exciting, right? I mean, it's anticipation. It's looking forward to things. We're looking forward to, uh, what's the next big holiday coming up? Christmas, right? Yeah. We're looking forward to Christmas, to the coming of Jesus Christ as a baby. But we're also looking forward to his second coming, right? Where he comes back to rescue us. To, uh, to free us and to create the new heavens and the new earth and to place us in that place after the resurrection. We're looking forward to these two great events. And so Advent is a time of preparation. It's a time of clearing house, getting ready. Anybody getting ready for Christmas? Right. In conjunction with that, we also should be getting our hearts ready, getting ready for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is a time of preparation, and I love it for that. Now, times of preparation often involve cleanup, right? You know you got to clean up from the last event? In my garage, which is always in some form of cleanup or destruction, um, I had just been working on Tara's car for the last week. That's how I spent my Thanksgiving week, was up to my ears in grease. It was so much fun, right? So I pulled off. Uh, I was doing a front axle service of her car, so everything from the differential out, if anyone does this in there spare time, right? You, you pull everything off, and then you pull out the Burfield joints, and then there's this flood of grease and goo comes all over the place. It was lovely in many ways. And I loved coming into the house. At, you know, it took several days. I'd come in the house afterwards, and the girls would just laugh at me because I'd have grease everywhere, right? All over my face. I didn't even know it because I'd, you know, I'd feel something on my face, and I'd do something like that, and then it'd be all over the place because my hands were nasty. Right? Everything about me was covered in this stuff. I was just up to it. And I couldn't, I didn't know, I couldn't, didn't even know where it was. It was just all over me. Everything I touched was contaminated. And so in my cleanup, I started to, you know, I had two and a half rolls of paper towels that I used in this project. It was like one of those projects, right? And so uh, I also used a fair number of shop rags. And so I found one of them in, at the end of the cleanup, right? And and so here it is. It used to be red, but it's, it's black now. It's covered in lithium-based molly grease, which clings to everything, right? There's no, there's no getting this stuff out. And, you know, what's this thing good for at this point? Not much. Even if I wanted to do something nice with it. Even if I wanted to do something nice with it. Like, say, so maybe help Tara clean the mirrors in the house. Right? Would that help? But it would be nice, wouldn't it? I'd be, it'd be working out of this feeling of niceness in my heart. No, it'd, it'd make things dirty. Or maybe even something, a dirty project, like cleaning the toilets. Would that, would that help with this? Porcelain and grease just don't mix well, do they? No, or, or maybe I could loan it to the altar guild and help them with the, the, the brass polishing or something, right? No, it, it's filthy. It's kind of good for nothing. And the problem is, is that if you leave it sitting around, you end up bumping up against it. And when you bump up against something like this, what happens? You get dirty. 
And then you bump up against something else and you get that dirty. It kind of gets passed on. It contaminates everything it comes into contact with because it's dirty. Now, in our Old Testament passage for today, Isaiah, in the 8th century BC, laments about the state of the people in Judah, which is the southern kingdom of Israel. They were majorly off track at this point. They had lost grip of of the God who they were called to worship. They were worshiping other gods. And so Isaiah describes their situation like this. We have all become like one who is unclean. All our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. Isaiah, in this poetic way, was asserting that everyone in Judah was unclean. They were not righteous. They were not seeking God. They were not repenting and being forgiven. And for this reason, they were dirty spiritually. And because of that, everything they touched got dirty as well. Even the good things that they did were like a filthy cloth that sullied everything that it came into contact with. Now, this might have not have been visible to the people who received the good things they did or um, people who observed it, but, the re- but that doesn't mean it was okay, right? Um, because God was always watching. And God looks much deeper than humans look, doesn't he? Right? We look at kind of the outward appearance. We say, wow, they look like they've got it together. Or that was a nice thing to do. But God looks much deeper than the outward appearance. As 1 Samuel 16, verse 7 says, Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so God was watching these righteous acts that that the people were doing in Israel, and he was like, they're not so righteous. Right? In order for a righteous act to be righteous in God's eyes, it must be motivated by a righteous heart as well. God doesn't allow us to be bifurcated and say, like, well, my heart might be wrong, but the action's okay. He calls us into a life which is perfectly unified, inside and outside, both working in harmony, both in unison for his goals. And that was not happening in Judah. People were doing the right things for the wrong reasons and not even thinking of God in the process. Basically, the people of Judah had forgotten everything. They'd forgotten who had led their ancestors out of slavery in Egypt. They'd forgotten who had nourished them in the wilderness. And they had forgotten who had given them this promised land. They were living for themselves and according to their own rules. They were living according to like a Black Friday mentality, right? You know, they wanted to get get the gift and they didn't care how they were going to do it, right? They didn't care how many people they trampled in the process. That's how the people of Judah were living. The outcome was all that mattered to them, not the process of getting it done. And that's why Isaiah called for God. And he said, Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. Because Isaiah knew that the people of Israel wouldn't solve, couldn't solve the problem for themselves. They couldn't cleanse themselves. They couldn't heal themselves. They couldn't do it. They just didn't have the power to. They were unable to. And he knew that in order to transform the people, God himself would have to take action. And ultimately, that's just what God did. But he didn't do it with fire and violence like Isaiah called him to do. 
He came down and was humbly born to the Virgin Mary. And the fury of God was not meted out upon the mountains and the earth or upon us, but upon the Son of God, upon Jesus Christ, who took the fury of God, the judgment that was destined for us upon himself, and died so that we could have life through faith in him. Now we live nearly 3,000 years after Isaiah wrote these words, and 2,000 years after the cross. But we still wrestle with the same problem, don't we? We're like this dirty cloth. We, if we look deep enough, even in our best efforts, we end up passing on some dirt along with the good. We end up passing along a little something we wish we didn't. Our best advice, our best service, our best kindness, our best everything, we end up passing along a little something we wish we didn't. Now, there's two ways we can approach this problem, right? One is we can try and do, what is it, the Horatio Alger? Kind of like pick yourself up by your bootstraps and try harder. We could redouble our efforts. We could, um, you know, just grit down, do it the good old American way and solve it on our own, couldn't we? What do you think? What are the odds of solving it that way? If it didn't work the first time with our first efforts, how's it going to work the next time? Not good. Not well. We can't deal with that. We can't fix it. There's no solution for it that we can come up with. Only the other option works. And that is the same that Isaiah proposed for Judah. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down. We desperately need God to come down and rescue us. We need to be set free from the power of sin by the power of the cross. We need to be washed in the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, and be set free to follow God. As the angel says in the Revelation of John, we need to be like those who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. When this happens, when we're washed and made clean, we can begin anew. We can start afresh. We can step out into the world humbly serving God as clean cloths. This allows us to serve the Lord in this world with our hearts and our actions in harmony. In my old age, I'm starting to come to the realization that I don't always have the perfect advice for everybody. Anyone ever felt like that in their life? When I was younger, right, you know, younger than I am now, like, I'm, I used to think that I could really help people out. I used to think that I had things figured out pretty well, that I could really sort out people's problems. Anyone ever felt that way before? Come on, be honest. Right? You know, and I used to feel pretty free to give that advice, unsolicited at times even. The longer I've walked with the Lord, the more I realize that all that advice, though it might have been right in my eyes, was just hogwash. Because the only thing I really have that I can share with another person which will do them any good in their life is the message of grace through the blood of Jesus Christ. 
That is the only advice I have. Everything else is just like trying to clean up somebody else's life with this rag. I'm just going to pass on my own brokenness. I'm going to pass on my own addictions, my sins, my hurts, my woundings, my anger. And it's going to show up just as sure as if I tried to polish a mirror with this rag. The only thing that I have which has any hope of improving someone's life is the good news of the gospel. And that is what Isaiah so desperately called for the Lord to come. That's why he called for the Lord to intervene. Because he knew there was nothing he could do for the people of Israel. All he knew was that God needed to solve the problem. God needed to heal them. And so today, we might have come here feeling a little contaminated, We might have come here a little disappointed in ourselves because we've tried so hard and things have failed. Jesus Christ is here right now to offer us his grace. We all fall short of the glory of God. We are all in need of his redemption. And so today, may we seize the opportunity, accept his grace through faith and put our trust in him wholly so that he can take us us dirty rags he can transform us by the power of his grace because he looks at us and he doesn't see us the way I see this rag this one's destined for the trash can he doesn't see us like that I mean he sees the sin he sees it all And yet he says, I love you. I love you. May we accept his love today and his forgiveness and be made righteous through the power of his blood. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you that you can look at us, Lord, and you don't see us how we see ourselves. Lord, you see us as people who you desire to redeem. You see us as people who are valuable, who are worth your sacrifice. Lord, and we commit ourselves to you now. We pray that you would break down those barriers and those those walls in our life, Lord, which we have put up to keep you out. Lord, and we pray that you would wash out the contamination, Lord, which spreads to everything that we touch. Make it clean, Lord. Unify our hearts and our actions that we might serve you faithfully in this world and in the world to come. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.